Ryan, and thank you for joining us at Freedom by Faith Ministries. I am Pamela Noel, and I will be your host for today. So in today's session, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. We're continuing our talk, our series on the spiritual warfare that we're in, the spiritual battles that we're facing every day. And uh, Paul has instructed us um, in Ephesians 6 that in order to win every spiritual battle that we are up against with Satan and his demonic principalities over this entire world, this dark, evil world that we live in, we must put on every single piece of the armor of God. And one of the pieces that we need is our helmet of salvation. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us here to today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to take over this talk, this meeting, so that your children can receive the information that they need in order to overcome every battle that they're facing. We know that you're sovereign and that you're perfect and that every plan that you have is good and it will bring glory to your kingdom. But we ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom today, to give us understanding so that when we are facing trials and tribulations, that we know that you have already given us the victory through the death and burial and resurrection of your son. And we thank you, God, that you are giving us the power and the authority that we need to overcome Satan to be a reminder of his loss and defeat on the cross. In the name of Jesus, so thank you, God, for today and everything we're about to learn today. We thank you in advance, Father. Amen. So we are going to speak on the helmet of salvation. And what is that exactly? Before we start that, let's look back at Ephesians 6 and read again the passages where Paul is telling us what pieces of the armor do we need in order to secure our position as victors in this battle that we're in with evil. So Ephesians 6 tells us in verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And verse 17 is what we'll be focusing on for today. Verse 17 tells us, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we had a teaching about the word of God, the sword of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to focus on the helmet of salvation. What does it mean to be saved? Right? Putting our faith on Jesus and his death, burial and resurrection. He won the victory over sin. Right? And so we have been saved by the blood of Jesus. For those of us who have accepted the free gift of salvation, we are no longer enemies of God. We have now been heirs. We have now been made his friends. We are his children, right? We are brothers and sisters with Christ. We are um, his ambassadors. We are Jesus's representatives now, right? So once we have been born into this evil, dark world, right? We now belong to the world. But once you have accepted the free gift of salvation, right? You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness where Satan is the king and now we are part of the kingdom of God, right? We belong to the body of Christ now. And so that is 
salvation. So what does it mean to put on the helmet of salvation when you're in spiritual warfare? What does that mean exactly? Right? Why is salvation a helmet? Right? And so when you think about a soldier in, in battle, how do you protect your head? Right? And so soldiers, I've never been in the army, but I would imagine the target for your enemy would be the head and maybe the heart. Right? Those are vital organs, the brain and the heart. Um, and so we already spoke about the breastplate of righteousness, specifically about humility and how to win battles against Satan while humbling ourselves before God. Um, that's in another, another video. If you, have, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend you look at that video. And that is a great way to protect your heart because Satan operates in the realm of the heart. Um, but today we're talking specifically about the helmet of salvation. How does salvation protect the, the head, right? So what goes on in the head, the brain, the mind, right? And so in spiritual warfare, you must protect every vital organ, and that includes the mind. Um, so we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. What, what does Paul say about thoughts? Why is that important when we're facing trials and tribulations and opposition why is it so important to guard our thought our thoughts and to protect it with a helmet of salvation so second corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5 paul says we are human right but we don't wage war as humans do we use god's mighty weapons not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So if you, if you notice, Paul is saying to, we, we must use God's mighty weapons, right? What are these weapons that he's talking about? So we, we saw earlier in Ephesians 6, that Paul is naming the different pieces of the armor of God in order to overcome demonic princes, demonic principalities, right? Demonic spirits, evil spirits, unclean spirits, right? Who are operating in humans in order to overcome God's people, right? To oppose God's purposes in this dark world, right? So Satan wants to do everything he can to block the plans of God. And God uses his children, his ambassadors, right? Sent by him in order to accomplish his purposes in this world. So Satan, with his demonic principalities, he, he uses his ambassadors, his representatives, right? The people who are not yet saved by the blood of Jesus in order to hold back the purposes of God in this world. And so Paul is saying to use God's mighty weapons, the spiritual um, weapons that we have been that we have been given by God in order to overcome these evil demonic principalities right and so we learn in Ephesians 6 that we ought to have the truth we ought to walk in peace we ought to put on the breastplate of righteousness we ought to have the sword of the spirit of God which is the word of God right and today we're talking about salvation you must be saved by the blood of Jesus right we must have faith and hold up high our shield of faith Right? We must pray at all times and on every occasion to pray in the spirit. So these are the weapons that we have at our disposal in order to overcome evil attacks against us. 
right? So these are the, the demonic spirits that we are facing that are opposing us. But here, it's interesting that Paul says the same weapons he's talking about that we need to overcome evil. He's now saying we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning. So think about that. So in one passage, he's saying these weapons we use against evil demonic spirits. And in this passage, he's saying that these weapons we use to knock down strongholds, which are satanic fortresses, right? Strongholds in our mind, human reasoning, false arguments, right? Every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Our thoughts must obey Christ. Why? Because Satan and his demons, they operate in the minds of people. Right. So it's important to know that when we have thoughts that don't obey the word of God, thoughts that do not line up with the word of God, that is a demonic thought and it must be struck down. Right. So we must basically look at our thoughts that don't belong in the word of God, that don't line up with the word of God. We should look at these thoughts as enemies. Right. So if demonic spirits, uh, the demonic world, the demonic um enemies that are coming against us are our enemies and God has given us weapons to overcome them and Paul is saying he's using the same language to talk about rebellious thoughts and we're making these thoughts obey Christ Jesus right Jesus is the word of God and we saw that in an earlier episode and so thoughts in that come into our minds that don't line up with the word of God are demonic these are demonic thoughts that must be struck down Right. And so why is it so important to have a helmet on in the middle of spiritual warfare? Because Satan is the deceiver. He's a liar and he uses deception to destroy. So he comes only to kill, steal and destroy. And if he deceives the whole world, part of his um, strategy is to use deception and lies in order to get us to fall. Right. And so when Satan was being was when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, um, he was trying to tempt Jesus to sin and Jesus's only response to him was it is written, right? So the word of God was Jesus's answer to Satan's lies and deception, right? His tactic to try to get Jesus to fall in sin, his, his um, response to overcome the lies of the devil is to speak truth from the word of God, right? So every response Jesus had had already been written in the word of God thousands of years ago in Old Testament scriptures, Right. And so that is our response. That is the example that we need for, so that when we are facing trials, tribulations, opposition from whatever, whatever the circumstances are, knowing that because of God's sovereignty, the answer, the truth of that situation is already written in the word of God. Right. So it's important to have the helmet of salvation on protecting our minds from the lies of the enemy coming trying to come in, right? So Satan deceives and we must know the truth. We spoke about that in earlier videos. We must know the word of God, that is the sword of the spirit, and we must protect our minds, our thoughts, right? And destroy every obstacle that blocks us from knowing God, right? God says in an earlier video, we saw that my people are perishing because they do not have knowledge. They do not know me. So anything that blocks our knowing God, Right. We need to strike it down or like he like God said, if you don't know, you will perish. And that is the plan of Satan to keep us from knowing God. Anything, any stronghold that blocks us from knowing God, 
is a strategic plan of Satan to get us to be destroyed. And that is his ultimate plan to kill, steal and destroy and destroy. And if he can use our ignorance of God's word to destroy us, he'll use it. Right. So we must protect our minds and the helmet of salvation is how we do that. So let's look at the next verse, Romans 14, verse 23. Romans 14, 23 says, but if you have doubt about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you're sinning. So the purpose of this passage is really not about food per se. I just wanted to bring up the point that that doubt is sin. Right. So when we have doubt about any situation, we must think of it as sin. Right. We, we must have hope in the Lord. We must have um, aspirations, knowing that God can do all things. Right. So any doubt that comes into our minds in any situation, can I really win this battle? Can this really work out for my good? Like the word says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and have been called and live according to his will. Right. But when you're in a bad situation, it's very easy to become doubtful because we're looking at the situation with our eyes, right? When Paul says we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight, right? So anything we see that does not line up with the word of God is a lie. So we must remain faithful to the word of God because that is the truth. Even if the situation looks very dire, um, but we must remain hopeful. So it's really important to remember that we must remain hopeful at all times. So let's look at that hope and confidence. What does that have to do with your helmet of salvation? The way that we think about situations um, can be an avenue that Satan can use to destroy us. First Thessalonians five, verse eight. First Thessalonians five, verse eight. We're going to look at it in two different versions, the new living translation and the new King James version. Okay. So we're talking about the helmet of salvation, knowing that we're saved by the blood of Jesus. And how does that protect our minds? Because that is a, a target of the, of the devil is our mind. He uses our thoughts in order to get us to fall. So let's look at that. First Thessalonians five verse eight says, but let us who live in the light. Remember, Satan is the king of darkness, but we live in the light. Let us who live in the light, be clear headed, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet, the confidence of our salvation. So now he's bringing in the word confidence in all, in all salvation. So we know that Jesus died on the cross over 2000 years ago, and it doesn't matter what the situation looks like that can never be changed. Jesus died and we are saved, right? So we are confident in our salvation, right? It is an event that actually happened. We don't have to hope and pray, or maybe I'm saved, right? If Jesus died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven, we are confident in that. So let's look at the New King James Version, because I like the way that version is written. Also, it says, but let us who are of the day, we're not of the night, of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation, right? So the New Living Translation says confidence of our salvation. But here, the New King James Version is saying 
hope of salvation, right? So we must be sober. Here it says clear-headed in the New Living Translation, clear-headed, right? We have the breastplate of faith and love, and our helmet is our hope, right? So no matter what the situation looks like, do not let the negative thoughts of doubt, unbelief, lack of faith, right? Which are all sins. Doubt is sinful. Not having faith in God, right? It is impossible to please God without faith. We know that, right? So having faith, having trust in the Lord, putting our confidence and our hope in Him and not letting these negative strongholds, right? The, the things that are blocking us from knowing God, okay? Every stronghold of human reasoning, thinking about things from a human perspective and not looking at it God's ways, those thoughts are demonic and they must be struck down. How? With the weapons that God has provided us. Okay, let's move on to Hebrews 11 verse 1. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith shows the reality. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Right? So even if we can't see something, it seems so far-reaching. Like, this will never happen. Like, I'll never be healed. Or we'll never get out of this financial situation. Our marriage will never be restored. Our children, you know, it doesn't matter how horrible the situation looks like. But we must remain hopeful and faithful to the word of God. Right? It says faith shows the reality. So it's not what you see that's real. Right? That's hard to understand because we're looking at things with our eyes. But we're looking at natural things. Right? Paul says in another verse, which we're not going to go to that really, but Paul says to fix our thoughts, to set our sights on heavenly things, right? How do you, how do you set your sights on heavenly things when we can only look at what's going on in this world, right? So it's hard to understand that from a supernatural perspective, right? But he says to set our sights on heavenly things, right? Colossians 3, I believe, uh, talks about um, basically that our real life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life is actually in heaven, right? We're here temporarily as representatives of the kingdom of God, right? But Paul says to set your sights on heavenly things, right? In Colossians 3, he says your real life is hidden in, with Christ in God, right? And so we don't look at the natural things as if those are the real things, Right. What's real is what's in heaven. Right. Everything in this world will pass away. But the word of God stands forever, for eternity. Right. So here in Hebrews, the writer is saying faith shows the reality, not our eyesight. Faith is shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So that's why it's so important to remain hopeful in what God says and not what we see. Not what the, Satan has um, planned for us to, to fall. To plan um, circumstances around us to make us think what we see is true. And then we lose heart. We lose hope. We lose faith in God. Right? And if, if without your shield of faith, you can't win battles. Without your helmet of salvation, the hope of our salvation, the confidence of our salvation, you cannot win the battle. If you don't know the truth, you don't know the word of God, you don't have a sword. Right. So it's so important that we have every piece of the armor of God, because you, you just have to not have one piece and you've already lost the battle. Because Paul says 
to put on every piece of the armor of God. So remaining hopeful, having positive thoughts, having faith and confidence in what God says and what Jesus accomplished on the cross is one of the uh, pieces of, your, of the armor that we need in order to overcome spiritual battles. All right. So anxiety, fear, lack of faith, feelings of hopelessness, right? People say, oh, but it's normal to feel this way. That's what Satan wants you to think. It's normal to feel this way, right? But our feelings are not the reality of, of, of what this is about, right? We are in a battlefield and Satan is orchestrating plans to use circumstances to get you to lose hope in the truth, right? He wants to make a liar out of God. And when we don't have hope, we're telling God these words in this book are lies, right? And Satan wants to make God look like a liar when in fact he is the liar. He's the father of all lies, right? And so Adam and Eve fell because of the lies that he told Eve, right? And Jesus' response when he was being tempted was, it's written, it's written. Right. The truth is written. You cannot change it. There's no amount of temptation that's going to change the word of God. Is it unchanging? It will never, never change. And so that should be our response. Right. When we are responding in a way that's outside of the will of God, we are in sin. And, and Paul says that when you're living in sin, you are a slave to it. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants the children of God in bondage. And Jesus died to set us free. Right. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So let's remain free. So let's take down imaginations. Everything in our minds that doesn't line up with the word of God, we must strike it down with the truth. Right. And we spoke about the word of God, about meditating on the word of God. And notice how all the pieces of the armor of God are interconnected. Right. In order to have hope, we need to know the word of God. We need to know the truth and have faith in it. Right. The shield of faith, hope of our, of our um, salvation, which is our helmet to protect our minds. Right. So it's so important to remember these verses, meditate on them constantly so that when that situation comes that out of left field that we didn't anticipate. But because the word of God is already in us, it's so much easier to overcome because you're well prepared. We have. One more verse. This is a verse that we looked at already. Ephesians 6, verse 11 and 12. We'll look at that verse one more time. Let's go to Ephesians 6 again. 11 and 12. So Paul says, put on all of God's armor. Emphasize the word all again. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So Satan is a master manipulator. He's a, he's a strategist, right? And when you're in a battle with an enemy, you must have strategies to overcome that enemy and you must have strategies to protect yourself from that enemy, right? And so Paul is telling us we must have all the pieces of the armor of God in order to stand firm against all of his strategies. So why are so many Christians being defeated, right? And so the biggest misconception that I've seen in the church is that people assume because they're saved, they automatically have power over Satan. And that is so untrue, right? 
so being saved means we have the helmet of salvation on, right? You're saved, right? But are you walking in peace? Do you know the word of God? Are you meditating on the word of God day and night, right? Do we have the breastplate of the righteousness of Christ? Are we walking in his righteousness, walking uprightly, doing the will of God, right? Do we know the truth? Do you have the belt of truth on, right? Do you have faith in God? So many people say, oh, but I have faith. Oh, I try to have faith, right? Trying to have faith is not in the word. It's to have faith. We must have faith. And, and we know that Paul says that we have to show our faith. It's not enough to just say you have faith. And we spoke about that in an, early video, in an earlier video that I will show you my faith by my works, right? Faith without works is dead. It's meaningless, right? And so if you're falling apart every time something happens, you can be saved and go to church every Sunday. But if you don't really have faith and stand firm on the word of God, you will be defeated. Right. That's why God says my people, my people are perishing because they don't know. Right. So it's not enough to be a child of God. Right. But if you don't know God, you will be defeated. So I'll repeat it again. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all all strategies of the devil right no matter what strategies he has against you your family your finances your health right if you have every piece of the armor of god he will lose that battle but you must first be prepared you must first be armored fully armored there should not be one piece missing okay for we are not fighting flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So this is the last point I'm going to reiterate today is that when Paul's talking about evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, and we looked at um, 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5, that he says to use God's mighty weapons against strongholds of human reasoning. Right. So when you come at any situation and you're looking at it from a human perspective, right, instead of um, believing that lie that Satan put in your head, we must use the weapons of God and say no and strike it down as a lie. Right. And most Christians don't recognize that, that their thoughts are being used by Satan to destroy them. Right. We use God's mighty weapons to take down the stronghold of human reasoning, the way we reason as human beings is a demonic enemy, right? And you must think of your thoughts that way. And if my thoughts are, if I can't find my thoughts in the Bible, they must be struck down. So we must train ourselves as believers in Christ to believe what God says as the truth and the only truth. Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the word of God as we have seen in previous videos and we've spoken um, about those um, other weapons, including the truth and the word of God. And we saw that the truth and the word of God is Jesus, right? They are Jesus. And so we must train our minds to believe that what God says is the only truth that we believe in. And if our thoughts don't line up with the word of God, we must strike them down and we must treat these thoughts as enemies and say no. Okay. And so the demonic spirits, we have heard many times before that the battlefield is in the mind. Right. Many preachers have said this many times and it's so true because our thoughts determine our actions. Right. And if you're not operating 
um, in the truth of God's word, your reaction to opposition will automatically lead to sin. Automatically. Doubt, unbelief, lack of faith, murmuring, gossiping, complaining, right? Why is this happening to me? Why is this, you know, that, right? Remember um, in the middle of the um, wilderness, when some of the children of God were complaining, God's response was to kill them. Right. People don't think about that, but God hates complaining. Right. He hates it. And so we must praise God, even in the middle of the most horrible situations. We must train our bodies to respond in a godly manner, which, re which requires praising God, because that is a demonstration of your faith that he will come through. Right. Glorifying, worshiping God, thanking God in a bad situation. Right. In Philippians four, Paul says to thank God for all he has done, all he has done. Right. And we saw in a previous video um, that Paul, while in prison, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Always, always be full of joy. And that is a command from God. And if we can't do that, that is a sinful act. Uh, and it's an, it's an act of disobedience, actually. Right. So we excuse. Oh, well, you know. In this circumstance, God understands. That's a very common Christian phrase, which you don't find in the Bible anywhere. But God understands it is what it is. Anybody in this situation would react this way, right? But if it's, an, if it's a direct violation of God's will for us, it is sin. And that is exactly what Satan wants for you to think your sin is normal, right? And so living in sin means that you are now chained, you're bound, right? And Jesus has set us free. And, but if you can't meditate on the word of God, believe it and live it, you have been, you're, you're basically a servant of the devil, right? Because he wants people to think sin is normal, right? Hopelessness and doubt, unbelief, these are sinful. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must have hope that God will come through because of what he says in the word. So I encourage you to continue to meditate on these words, meditate on these verses, train yourself to believe by faith and, and act on them. I remember when I was younger, I had a problem with forgiveness. I had, a, um, I had an attitude of, of holding grudges against people. And this might sound strange to some people, but I'll just tell it. Um, when I started to, to read the Bible for the first time as a teenager, um, and I recognized that, you know, unforgiveness is sinful, which I didn't know that was a, you know, I didn't know that was a sin, actually, until I started reading scripture. Um, and so I asked and I asked God and I know this is going to sound very odd, but I asked God to to let people hurt me because I wanted to practice forgiveness. Right. And I recognized that God hates unforgiveness. Right. And he will not forgive us unless we forgive others. And I actually prayed for God to let people harm me, right? And thankfully, nothing horrible has, ha has happened to me. But I've had, you know, some things happen and, and I've been given opportunities to forgive. And I find that to be liberating, that even when Satan uses people to come against me, God will allow it in order to give me an opportunity to forgive, which now gives God a reason to bless me, right? And so 
we have to train our bodies to think God's way, even though our flesh may not like it. But spiritually speaking, when you're a child of God and you're following the ways of the Lord, he will bless you. And not only will he bless you, but you'll bring shame to Satan, right? Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will use that same situation for your good. And I've seen that in my life many times. So I encourage you to meditate on the word of God, practice um, following the, way, the, the word of God and the things that you struggle with specifically, the things in your thoughts um, that you struggle with that you know are not the will of God. Find those verses and meditate on them. Memorize them and say them to yourself over and over again. And those challenges, when they come, they'll become less and less difficult to overcome. And now I find it very easy to forgive and I don't even think about it, actually. I forgive right away, right? Because I've seen all the powerful um, all the powerful things that have happened in my life because I have overcome that stronghold. So I encourage you to, to do the same. Meditate on the word of God, practice it, do it, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength and the power that you need to overcome every sin, every stronghold, every chain um, that Satan has, has put on you. Let the Holy Spirit break you free of that. But you can only do that with the armor, the, every single piece of the armor of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's lesson. We thank you, God, for your sovereignty and your perfect, your perfect word. We thank you, God, that you have provided us with the tools, with the, the pieces of the armor of God, so that we can overcome every challenge, every trial, every obstacle, everything that opposes us. Lord, we thank you, God, that the plan has been written. Like Jesus said, to Satan, it's written, it's over, it's done, right? So we don't have to fear, we don't have to have doubt, unbelief, we don't have to lose hope and faith, knowing that because Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, we won. So we thank you, Father. And we ask you for anybody who's listening right now, Lord, who's suffering through uh, sickness or financial troubles or marital um, discord or problems with their children, Whatever they are suffering, Lord, we ask you to help the people of God, to help your children, Lord, to release, to release freedom, Lord, to release them from whatever is binding them, Lord. So we ask you to help us to open up our eyes and to take us out of darkness because of our sin, our rebellion. So we thank you, Father, because your word is truth, it's liberating, and we ask you, Lord, to continue to help us to walk in the light and in the freedom that you have died for us to have in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for joining us and have a blessed, blessed rest of the week. Are you ready to step into your calling and destroy fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety? In Our Victory, God's Glory, author Pamela Noel describes the stop and do nothing else principle that was used by some of the most powerful people in scripture, including David, Moses, Peter, and Daniel. This You Can't Help Yourself book reveals that success in every area of your life lies in one name. Our Victory, God's Glory, was written to support Haiti's elite medical team, a Haitian-American-owned, not-for-profit organization that provides healthcare services to the poor in Haiti. Proceeds from the sale of this book will help support our efforts. The ultimate goal is to build a hospital and provide much-needed medical care services currently unavailable to those with limited access to quality healthcare. 
Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.